You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is the author and star of Off-Broadway's newest hit, Happy Birthday, Doug's Drew Drogi. Drew is going to chat with us about Sylvester's album, All I Need. The Queen. Drew recently lit up stages in New York, L.A., and across the country, starring in his previous acclaimed solo play, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, now streaming on Prime Video's Broadway HD channel. I love that show so much. Me too. I saw it three times with Drew and with Jeff Hiller, who replaced him. Me too. And you know, folks, if anyone's looking for another replacement in bright colors and bold patterns... Call Carolee Carmelo. Hey! JK, JK, you'd be hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> Drew first became a pop culture fixture about ten years ago with his long-running series of obsession-worthy YouTube videos as Chloe Sevigny. You mean Chloe Sevigny? Is it Chloe? Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny. Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> um, that's all she said. That's all she wrote. You know, we have to say that Drew's um, little catchphrases that he's coined as Chloe, we say all the time, especially in the summer in Fire Island, we always say sandwich. I'm going to make a sandwich. Mm, um, I don't even remember that was his anymore. We, uh, he's well, become such a part. It's like Kleenex. Kleenex. Right? Yeah, yeah. Xerox. Um, what's the other one I love? Uh, Grand Parents. Toast. 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 Yeah, oh my God. Toast is Toast. <laughs> I mean, and he I, is so iconic. And I told him this on the on the interview, but... I cannot tell you how many nights I've been at Brooklyn House Parties. The interview that we're about to do in the future. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) That we definitely did not not refer to weeks ago. Um, So many nights winding down in, you know, Brooklyn House Parties across the borough. YouTube comes on, the Chloe videos come out. Oh my God, totally. We just watch them for hours. For me, at 89th Street at my friend Ken's house. Mm -hmm. When the scotch was all gone. Pour the scotch out. When you were waiting for the coke guy to come. Yeah. Oh, four in the morning. And you needed something to attach your, like, needy soul to. That was... Interclose. That, that was home. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah, think of home. That was the original Friends on Netflix. Totally. Netflix and chill. Chloe and coke. <laughs> I was thinking about Drew last night because I saw Charles Bush's fabulous play. Of course. Of course. There. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, Drew would actually be really good in this. Well, hasn't he done Charles I know, plays? then I immediately had the thought of like, hasn't he done Charles' yeah. plays? He has. Yeah. And to great success in LA. Sure, sure. I mean, I think Drew... But I guess in my fantasy, um, instead of Jeff Hiller replacing him in Happy Birthday, Doug, I would replace him. And he would should. replace Charles. Mm. And Charles could replace yeah. uh, whichever part Nathan Lee Graham yeah. doesn't and take. And then I could replace... Or, uh, what was it? Totally. Uh, 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 <laughs> I guess uh, Charles uh, can't do... Um, uh, uh, Mame? I didn't mean Mame, but Char- Charles can do Mame. Charles has done Mame. Did you know that? Yeah, and, and Nathan Kamira. And then I could replace you in uh, Patty, Patty Shoes. Shoes. 
You're, not, you're a little Gentile for that role. Well, look, I may be bad with money, though. Yeah, you could be good as a hooker. Um, thank you. <laughs> I, the heart of dust. I, I appreciate that. Um, oh, okay, yeah, so... the funniest line in um, uh, Confession of Lily Dare. Uh-huh. Where he's like, um, well, there's always... There's always work for a pianist who does ragtime and a hooker who does anal. Oh! I'm, I'm getting it wrong, but it was really Well, funny. I mean, I, listen, I follow many a boy on Twitter who can do both, so... Okay, well, why would you follow them if they couldn't? Um, so you saw Lily Dare last night, and you texted me... Um, first of all, someone had a ticket that you offered me, and I couldn't go because I already had plans... And but you texted me and said I want to go back and see it again though you should yeah go I back. totally I loved it. it so much but you texted me and said oh my god you'll never guess who I saw. oh my god I freaked out I have never been so starstruck in yes. my life yes I'm standing outside the Cherry Lane Theater in the cold waiting to get my tickets I like that I just said theater the theater <laughs> I never say theater That's so um, That's very like, um, nothing's gonna harm you yeah yeah, yeah. I'm a musical theater major Sutton <laughs> no not Sutton. Theater. I feel like she's very. Is like, she? I don't think of her that way. Theater. I don't know. Go on. Um, I'm not trying to defend her. You understand? <laughs> You've been awfully defensive of Sutton lately. Well, I really liked what she wore to the Jerry Herman Memorial. Mm-hmm. How can you hate a woman who wears that outfit? It's true. It's true. Um. um anyway, go on. So, You're standing outside oh, the so I'm standing outside the Trailing Theater in the cold, waiting to get uh, our tickets and go inside. Yeah. And, you know, it's just this narrow little street. It's very yeah. old New York, you know. Old New York. Carrie Bradshaw, like, you know, wore a tutu there. Totally. And, um... That guy walked naked down the street. Yes. And, uh, this big SUV pulls up, mm-hmm. and, um, this attractive Jewish woman, early 30s, mm-hmm. gets out of the back seat with a really cute fur hat. So mm-hmm. I, I noticed her, and I'm like, I know her face... That's Sophie von Hasselberg, Bette Midler's daughter. Yes. And, oh, I wish that Bette with, were with her. That'd be so exciting. Who is that older man getting out the other side of the car? <laughs> <laughs> and then I knew. And can I tell you, I have never, I've never been so starstruck in my life. Yeah. And they got in line right behind us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just felt... Was that talking? Could you hear her saying stuff? Well, she had one line that I must tell you. But, um, no, she was very quiet, and Sophie seemed to be talking, and Bette seemed to be nodding or, like, texting her or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt really awkward because I could tell that Bette didn't want anyone, least of all me, (laughs) to do anything. But I was like, shouldn't we all let her go to the front of the line and also kill ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, like, how can we just stand here in line? And, like, you know... And, uh, I mean, are we supposed to just go about our usual conversation mm-hmm. about, like, I don't know, what, like, world peace or the election what or Charles Bush? About, I mean, yeah. there's only that Midler, right, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but I said to my friend, I mean, shouldn't we let her go ahead? And he said, she's got a fur hat, which was a good point. It was very cold. Yeah. But I wasn't, un- I wasn't comfortable with it. But I also felt that, like, my version of being like, excuse me, Miss Midler. Yeah. It'd be an honor. If For Hello Dolly alone, please, <laughs> may I? And I feel like she'd be like, while wow, you're talking, you missed your space, and we're yeah. all later. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. So I was just like, no, it's so Oh, and just then, it was a whole situation. It's not worth going into, but somebody came up and said I could use my digital tickets, which they originally said we couldn't use, so we actually left the one. So we go in, and we sit down, and so, of course, like, 
I have now ripped my seat out of the bolts into the <laughs> floor so that I can turn it completely facing the back of the house and make sure I don't miss Beck coming down no, the aisle. that's a show. So uh, I'm waiting. I'm watching Beck come down the aisle and uh, Bette and Sophie, who, by the way, I mean, I don't know if it's just because she's Bette Midler's daughter, but I felt that I had a soul connection with Sophie. Mm. We didn't speak and she never seemed to notice I was there, but I felt that our hearts were as one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What have I been doing? wasting my time having other friends doing this podcast yeah. with you yeah, like, sure. all the time that I could have been with, with Sophie. Sophie your BFF truly. like I mean because if I was best friends with Sophie what's the worst that would happen like Bet would hate me she would still you know me you as opposed to now yeah. when like the like digital e-ticket person said to me um oh you, you guys can actually go just tell me your name yeah. and I said as close to Bet as you are to me <laughs> Ben Rimmelauer. All right. Just, <laughs> and just, you know, so many times in my life when I say my name out loud in front of strangers, sometimes even celebrities, they will stop and be like, Rimmelauer. Usually it's like older gay men of a certain generation, so bad. you know, making sexual comments, you know, or sometimes someone will even be like Kathleen or Jimmy being like, shut up. That's not your real voice. Right, right. So right. I was like, you never know. Maybe Bet will have some comment on my voice or my name. Sure. She had no comment. <laughs> but no, so no, I'm waiting in the house. Watching them come down the aisle, having my spiritual connection mm. with Sophie von Hasselberg, and they don't get past our row. Oh no! And I'm thinking, oh my god! Now I already knew they weren't going to sit next. Was to anyone us stopping the them seats, and like bothering? Well, them? this is when it happened. The seats next to us were filled, but someone comes up and talks to Sophie that she either knows or is pretending to know, right. and so they're having this long conversation, and Bet is sitting there like being. On a scale of, like, 1 to 10, like, uh, 10 being, like, polite, pretending to care about your friend or, like, daughter's conversation <laughs> with your friend, 1 being, like, disinterested, she was definitely a, a zero. <laughs> and, like, at one point, that actually, like, leans into Sophie and goes, keep talking, and then turns and goes to their seats by herself. And I spent the rest of the night... I would say 30% watching the play, right. 70% analyzing, was that a guilt trip? Yeah. Was that Beth's version of being Jewish, nice? Jewish mother. Was she, like, I, I, I couldn't decide if Beth preferred Sophie to come to the seat with her, but wanted Sophie to enjoy herself, well, or, how did she say it? or if she truly didn't care, but was just letting Sophie know, like... I bet that was it. I bet she was like, keep talking, I'm going to go to the seat. I don't know. It was so layered. It's so clear that <laughs> Bet is so smart and Sophie's so smart yeah. and their relationship is so intelligent. Mm. I felt like I had no more ability to understand the nuances of that conversation than like the dead mouse in my apartment <laughs> knew what version of Barbara Cook I was going to listen to in right, that night. Right, right, right. Like, sure, I might know what words mean, but right. like, I'm just a mere... Mm. I never played the continental baths. <laughs> uh, so did that seem to like the show? Yes. Okay, good. And I was desperately trying to watch her, but I right. couldn't because she's right. very short. Right. Um, so I was instead just trying to like watch what Sophie. What was she wearing? Was she wearing like a black something? That had a black down parka. Okay, I would say thing. like just below butt level, like okay. not very long. Uh-huh. Sophie was wearing a longer parka, as was I. Um <laughs> Just a, another chalk it up to another soul connection. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, and uh, Sophie actually had a little bit of like a Molly Pope on Prozac quality. So Molly Pope. <laughs> I mean, like Molly Pope on enough Prozac. <laughs> um, and uh, 
just like pretty in that Molly Pope sort of like almost like Jewish Laura Linney way. Yeah. Not Ooh, that Molly Pope's yeah. Jewish, but like, but yeah. Um, but like that Miller's Jewish enough for all of us. Right, right. Um, probably not. Jewish yeah, Sophie is for, very, very pretty. Um, but uh, anyway, so Bette was wearing that, and I guess some kind of like pants, like I want maybe even like navy like pants, like I'm wearing or black, mm. but like kind of just like nondescript. Yeah like skinny but not ridiculously tight right um and she had a leopard cap on a la fanny bryce but i sophie had like a big fur hat Mm -hmm. Beth's hat was somewhere between like a 1920s like girl's hat Mm -hmm. and like a bathing cap It was not fur. It seemed more expensive. There than was no felt. Bri- there was no brim. If there was a brim, it protruded <laughs> less far than the natural curve of her head. No, there was no brim. Okay. It was almost like a turban, except not a turban. Okay. It, but it That's did seem to be cut exactly to her hairline. Okay. Like, you could tell so, that she had hair. <laughs> I'm so interested, because we all know Bette wears a lot of wigs, and her hair is always very short. Kind of like the Glenn Close journey. Um, you, don't, you don't have to. <laughs> There's no reason. Um, but, uh, so that's fascinating. That's fascinating. That Bet, you know, she's not wearing a wig, she's wearing a hat that very clearly hides her hair. I mean, it was very much like... I know Charles Bush. Uh-huh. I saw Vampire Lesbians of Sodom when they were still by until graduation. Or after that <laughs> I don't know. I like that. But, like, but she wasn't, like, coming here for, like, a glamorous photo op. Right. Maybe they took pictures. I forgot to look at Charles's stuff. Oh, I know yeah. they had a private audience afterwards. But she definitely wasn't, like, dressed for the theater. Right, right. You know, Glenn Close probably would have had a, all kinds of crap on. Right, you know? right, sure. You know, Patty would have worn her glasses. You right, know? right. But that was, like, not dressed up. But, like, um... Oh, I did enjoy her conversation with Sophie before the show talking about a subject, another connection between Sophie and myself. I had been talking about earlier that day. Oh, I'm totally tagging Sophie in this. Maybe yes. she'll follow back. Yes. We should have her on the pod. Yes. Oh, um, my God. What a fun guest. She, uh, but she was talking about the fact that that restaurant that was recently, well, I think it's most recent incarnation I didn't even go to, but it used to be my favorite restaurant. It was called Commerce, right there on Commerce Street, like okay. diagonally uh-huh. from the Cherry Lane. Okay. And that's been closed for, like, four or five years. I love that restaurant so much. And then back in the day, it was a place called Grange Hall that I also really liked. Mm. And now it's, like, all uh, shuttered. But, um, you know, like, boarded up with shutters, I mean. Um, although it did shutter. <laughs> but anyway, she was talking about that. Um, and I was enjoying the fact that she had the same conversation I did. Anyway, I was watching Sophie to watch Bet during the show because I couldn't watch Bet, So I tried to gauge Bet via Sophie's reactions, yeah. which was hard to do. Sophie seemed to enjoy it. But then I realized I could hear Bet's cackle, and she oh, laughed a lot. No. She really enjoyed oh, it. So that was, like, very enjoyable. That is amazing. Um, and um, uh, then they had an audience with Bet after the show. And um, anyway, the show was really fabulous. And um, Charles is just so freaking yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I'd love to get him on here. And uh, uh, so is uh, Nancy Anderson, Howard McGillen, mm-hmm. and this wonderful woman, Jennifer Van... Dyke, I think is how she mm. says it. Uh, the whole cast. Now I can't remember the two guys' names, but they were the other two other guys' names. But they were fabulous too. Um, how long was it? Was it like a 
intermission, two yeah, acts. Yeah, two acts within intermission. But it, it really goes by quickly. It's so enjoyable. And, like, as you know, I'm not somebody that's, like, into old movies. Sure, so I don't, yeah. like, get off on, like, old movie parodies. Uh-huh. But this really just made me laugh mm-hmm. so hard. And I, This and is a new play. Yeah. It's new. Um, Bet News of the Week. Hello. Uh-huh. Bury the Lead. Oh, my God. That... Goldie and Diane. Oh, fuck, yes. Okay, so what's it called? Family Jewels? Which yes. Already, I'm yes, on board. I am so on board. On board. Um, yes, in the range of how good or not good this movie could be, the worst it could possibly be, it will be my favorite movie of the 21st century. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, even though that movie... Book, Although, yes, book club. But, book club. But, I'm sorry. Don't give me... I mean, Mary Steenburgen and Candace Bergen, God yeah. love them. God they love have them. a right to exist. God love them. But they ain't my Diane and Goldie. They're a, they're a Tuesday Diane and Goldie. I mean, yeah. Or Bet, for God's sake. I mean, Bet, Goldie, and Diane in a movie together, first of all, just the hype surrounding it um, will be magical to experience in a live theater. And. Did you happen to notice that Bet is producing again, like she did with the First Wives? Oh, I didn't know she produced that. Oh yeah, mm. that's a that's a story I'm fascinated by. A Bet concert that I was really into in college, mm-hmm. Diva Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's the one where she sings "Everything's Coming Up Grosses for Me, So Fuck You." Oh, was it the line that goes right before that is First Wives Club, a hundred million. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so fascinated by that. I, if I was a writer, and, and maybe I'll... You are a writer. Oh, thank you. If I was a writer of We literally books, sat here 24 hours ago and read your new play. Right, right, right. But if I was a writer of... of, of <laughs> Don't um, piss on my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if I, if I wrote books, which maybe I'll, you know, find a way to fake it, but I would love to write, like, a tell-all behind-the-scenes, um, you know, uh, account of the making of The First Wise Club, just because... I've heard there was so much turmoil and Do know, it. drama. But I didn't even know that. You know, Paul Rudnick and Bed. Wait, or... did Paul Rudnick write that movie? No. No, but he wrote a lot of the uh, best lines, I think. He was like a script doctor for oh, it. Oh, wait. I mean, I'll, well, I'll, I'll fact check this. But Do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was, uh, there's just so many ladies that are all mostly still alive. I mean, Stockard, Maggie, Sarah Jessica, Elizabeth. Um, Berkeley. Berkeley. And, um, Victor Garber. Victor Garber. Um, not to mention, um... Who are the daughters? Were they people? Uh, oh, f- well, uh, well, I guess Eileen is, is... Well, I'm uh, available. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh. Oh, Annie. Annie. Why don't you write each of them a nice note? Maybe send a hanging plant? <laughs> Just a suggestion. But, yeah, I'm so fascinated by that. And there's never really been, um, you know, that's such a, uh an important movie for so many, especially of my gen, because that was, like, right as we were... Right as the millennial gays were coming into their own. My gen as well. I mean, I know people older don't consider it, like, a classic the way we Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, it was 1996, the fall. I was Mm -hmm. directing the musical Ruthless in college, Mm -hmm. and I was very into the, like, diva thing. Sure. And, um, I mean, it was the very fall that Betty Buckley's Carnegie Hall concert came Mm -hmm. out, so what more is there to say but um there was uh, a number in ruthless the title song that's sung by the three uh leads Mm -hmm. and i remember being so inspired by you don't own me in first wives club Mm -hmm. and just like uh oh god i mean i think i saw that movie in the theater a couple of times which in my college years was rare right right you know i don't know if i've told this on the pod before but um i was so obsessed with that movie i remember renting it um from the video store i didn't see it in theaters and then I watched it twice in a row. Mm. And I was like, I think in second or third grade. And that uh, 
next couple months or whatever. Um, I was so obsessed with that. I was I got the cassette soundtrack. I listened to it on my Walkman. Soundtrack? Yeah. The only song I remember besides You Don't Know Me mm-hmm. is didn't Billy Quarter yeah. record a pop song? Um, I remember him singing it on, like, on The View oh. or maybe on Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I'll get over you. Love something. Love will find me again. Oh, we should have Billy on the pod. Yeah. Um, That'd be so good for his career. Yeah, he needs this. Uh... Anyway, so, but that, that, you know, fall or whatever, we had a church talent show, and I was like... Oh, I do know I this. was like, Mom... So you not told this on the pod. I was like, Mom, you know what? I'm, I'm gay. I'm gay, and also... <laughs> I'm a lesbian. A big one. A big one. <laughs> uh, uh, and then my friend Ryan, also, we were obsessed with Hocus Pocus, and then First Wives Club, and then a bet, of course. And so we were like, Mom, we want to dress up as... We didn't even know what drag meant, of course, but we were like, we want to dress up as Bette and Goldie and perform You Don't Own Me in white outfits mm. for the church talent show. And some for some reason, my mom and Ryan's mom said yes, and they allowed us to, even though my dad was the pastor of the church where said show was taking place. Mm. And, you know, look, uh, we recently, when I was home last Christmas, we watched footage of the concert. And it was fabulous. Like I, really, I want to see it. Yeah, I'll show it to you. I have. We should put this somewhere. on the channel. Yeah, the channel. <laughs> um, and I really knew how to work a crowd. We should at that do age. a. Um, we should upload that, mm-hmm. and then we should do a broken records YouTube playlist mm, and invite people to partake in it. Wait, what do you mean? Like music, just music, or like videos? No, like videos, mm. like the broken records, like you know, oh, maybe like one. We'll add one every week for the episode oh, that's to really coincide. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And we can add, and then our guests can choose some. Oh, you're just making it so many videos. Well, no, I'm saying like if we make a playlist, it can be like, you know, we curate a list. I feel like our guests are already like cracking under the pressure of choosing an album. True. But you know, guests like, you know, Alison Frazier. We can make Alice it, we can have it in the conversation. They'll, actually. they'll have a lot of, a it lot doesn't of have that. to be in advance. Right. Right. Um, but I feel like a lot of our guests will enjoy that, you know. Okay, Dolly Concert Kill, mm-hmm. that Goldie Diane. Oh, this is a good one. I mean, you already know who I'm killing. I mean, I love her to death, but... Um, I don't know, actually. I have to kill Diane. How was I to know? Um, How was I to know? I mean, obviously, I've seen Bet in concert and as Dolly, but... Same. I really just, I want her as Dolly all the time. Goldie, I want in concert, but I want her with Liza. Interesting. In like a Fosse-esque choreographed um, show. What about you? Not the same at all. Okay. I want Goldie as Dolly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want Diane in concert, and I want it circa Annie Hall. Oh, that's like, a good I want to see Diane and yeah. Sweeney. Seems like old times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, that's good. I like that. And Bet, um, although I will say, I've heard that Bet. Has, is interested or possibly even in the works to do a one-on-one show on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And I'm really that excited is. about that. And someone yeah. told me that the opening number was going to be Bet sitting on top of, there'd be like a Fiddler on the Roof house on the oh, set. Oh, she's wonderful. That's just so bad. I really want that to happen in my lifetime. Oh, God. I mean, well, it will definitely happen in, in your lifetime. You don't know that. Um, you don't know that. Listen, how are we ever to know uh but yeah that's so good at singing like i, I don't know. acting comedy but i want yeah a one-on-one show though 
I mean, she uh, so she's done so many you know specials and concerts and stuff, but the Broadway one needs to be different. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm sure she knows that. And it needs. I mean, I feel like there's so many opportunities for like um, merchandising. Merch, oh God, the merch. But like um, her, really, it's almost like not a cabaret thing, but like her, it's like an in, more intimate. Totally. There's not a huge. You no, know, that's why I'm so excited. Thing. I mean, I've seen that at Madison Square Garden. Same, yeah. And I wasn't into it, TBH. I liked it, but I wasn't nearly as into Beth then as I was now. So I wasn't Same. fully appreciating. Actually, it. I was in a pretty deep Beth moment because when I saw her there was the Divine Miss Millennium, and it was like oh, shortly after. Mine um, was uh, for the girls. Mine, you know, mine was not long after. First Wives Club. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was really into the album Bathhouse Betty, which had oh, just so come good, out yeah. at the time. So good. But, uh, but I felt like it just, I wanted to be closer. Like, I wish I'd seen her at Radio City. Yeah, you know? I was in very, the very nosebleed seats as well. And But when I did see her, it was the day... As opposed to Barbara, mm-hmm. who I find less exciting than Bet in these decades. But Barbara has a... Uh, Barbara's show is not supposed to be exciting in that way. It's right. more about, it's like, more audience. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, seeing... It's like seeing the Pope. Totally, totally. Seeing Barbara, which I've seen her thrice, and, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very scripted. I mean, I'm sure Bet's is too, although Bet seems a little At least Bet doesn't let you read along the, like, <laughs> banter on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Um, it's so wonderful to be here during the... Gay games. <laughs> um... What Definitely was not the, the same. same. Okay, so we just we'll talk about this some more, I guess, in the Gideon episode. But we just saw Little Shop, and I have to say, I really want if there's some movie of Little Shop happening, which I'm sure there is eventually. Um, first of all, I need Lady Gaga as Audrey yesterday, and then I really want Barbara to be Mrs. Mushnick. You said that, and I humored you, but I don't support it because think about it, it's like the flower shop, so it's already like on brand for her. It is not on brand for her. Barbara loves flowers. She basically Little has Shop a of It's not like a Barbara Streisand vibe about flowers. No, but it's like she could finally play like the Jewish mother, Mushnick and Son. She did that in The Road Trip. What was it and, called? And, um, and Little, Little Meet the yeah. yeah. But, um, but she could sing and she'd be funny. It's a comic opportunity. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, you suggested Lady Kazan, who I also think would be Well, it wouldn't be Lady Kazan, but she would just be better. Barbara would A, be bad, and B, never in a million never years. Never in a million years. Um, anyway, but... Barbara's not like the great roles. Rose and Gypsy, <laughs> Mame <Mr>. Dennis, <laughs> Ms. Mushnick, the music person. <laughs> the music person. <laughs> Professor Carol Hill. <laughs> Death of a salesperson. Wow. Um... Okay, well, speaking... Do we have any more uh, fan write-in, Mary, uh, Dolly Comes or Kills? Yes, yes. Uh, let's do one of those. Yes, let's. Okay, next submission is from Sam Durbin, and on his, you know, continuing his uh, categorized uh, submissions, and it's gay legends. Oh. Uh, specifically gay male legends. So... Here we have um, Harvey Firestein, mm-hmm. Nathan Lane, mm-hmm. and Billy Porter. Okay. That's a good one. This is a good one. Well, um, it's pretty easy, though, I have to say. Okay. I would choose Nathan as Dolly, Billy mm. in concert, kill Harvey. I would choose Harvey as Dolly, Billy in concert, kill Nathan. Okay, but I'm not putting in any additional songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, might as well just cut one. 
Um, I mean, but yeah. Wait, you said Harvey is Dolly. Yeah. And then what? Billy in concert killed Kill Nathan. Nathan. Yeah. Cliffs, I mean, I love Nathan, obviously, but. What um, have you seen Nathan in on Broadway? Uh, well, I saw him in that recent play, Gary. Which, oh, but that's different. And I saw him, obviously, in Angels America. I've never... I've seen him... Like, the birdcage, I guess, is, like, the closest but thing I've seen you, to, like... When you... I mean... Wait, now I'm like, what have I seen Nathan <laughs> Wait, I've definitely seen Nathan Producers. in a bunch of... Oh, yeah, I saw Nathan in The Producers. But I realized I didn't actually see Nathan in Guys and Dolls. But I saw him in The Producers, and I saw him in Love, Valor, Compassion. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nathan on... And The Nance, which I love. Oh, The Nance. Oh, and absolutely. I saw him in the, that... Play Butley that he was great in, but that oh. wasn't a comedy. But. I love the Nance. Oh, and it's only a play. Mm-hmm. Nathan in a comedy, it's good. It's I don't. I just want to see Harvey because of like the drag element. But I kind of feel like oh, seeing Harvey, and I don't mean this in a bad way, mm-hmm. but I don't mean it in a good way. <laughs> seeing Harvey do Dolly would be kind of like seeing like Ryan O'Connor do it like on mushrooms at like Gay Days Anaheim which I did and it was magical magical and I would go again but like I don't choose that over Nathan Lane on Broadway okay I get that (laughs) on Broadway (laughs) on Broadway okay that was great now let's talk to Drew Drogi let's be alive let's be alive look alive and being Alive, that is one of the number one hit singles uh, made famous by our musical guest today, the fabulous <laughs> triple, threat triple Threat singer, belter, soprano, Drew Drogi. Oh, we love to say Dean Jones. <laughs> Dean Jones. Uh, Didn't Dean Jones do it originally? Yes. Yes, yes that's right. Uh, I'm very proud of my, just able, my ability to pull that out. I believe you. So are you telling me now, by way of that? That you are not a big musical theater queen. I am, but just by in very weird tangents. Like mm-hmm. I know certain things, and there are other major things that I just don't know. Tell, mm-hmm. Talk me through that. I don't know. I think it's like I always I was obsessed as a child with um, small musicals, and I don't know why, but I loved. I mean, child. I mean, high school. Let's say um, a lot of it was I could go through the Samuel French musical catalog and I could get the scripts and mm-hmm. I and I could get soundtracks I could find soundtracks on like weird you know in the 90s when that stuff was like exciting to be mm-hmm. able to be able to carry all that so anything that was like Pump Boys and Dinettes or mm-hmm. uh, that feels very right Nonsense yeah. or <laughs> you know Deb uh, Monk Deb Monk all over uh, the place anything Deb Monk touched yeah. I was very very aware of absolutely uh, but then there may other things too like I, I couldn't name like I mean I don't really know like I got, I think I somebody scolded me that I didn't know. Like Betty Hutton did "Annie Get Your Gun" or like mm-hmm. I, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't always. I mean, know. that's like, like that is stuff. almost more of like a fag thing than yeah. a musical theater thing. Yeah. Because I mean, that movie was not a success, right? And it's not like when "Annie Get Your Gun" was on Broadway, people were like, "Did you see the movie with Betty right, Hutton?" Right, like, right, it's right. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. kind of a movie, sure. you know. And I also am not great about more current Broadway stuff. I mean, well, I, no one is. I go. No I mean, no I go and see a lot of shows, and I, I try to keep up with all the. I try to see all the stuff that's. Nominated whenever mm-hmm. I'm in town, but I don't. Then there are major pockets of stuff that I that I don't know. I just want to and find then there are people like um, there's like Audrey McDonald who I just saw on stage for the first time last year, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, and I she was phenomenal, and I'm walking around going, Audrey McDonald's amazing, and people are like, <laughs> yeah, and pizza tastes good too. You know? Like congratulations <laughs> on your wild opinion. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen Audrey actually, just really? like in concerts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, she was, I saw her at Frankie and Johnny, and I was blown mm, away. I haven't even mm-hmm. seen her lot sing live, but wow. you know. So but you have steps. seen her naked. Baby steps. I did. So that's and like Michael singing. Shannon. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. I so okay. The, the, I was thinking about this with you because um, the album we're talking about with you uh, is Sylvester. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, it's actually. I guess I found it under the name uh, uh, the uh, how funk. Do you want to funk? Do you want to funk? Right. But you called it by the actual original All true LP right. name. I had to look it up too because he's one of those that like I really love so many of his songs but like that album yeah. if you really listen to all the songs on All I Need mm-hmm. uh, which I had to look that up as well because I feel like he had a lot of LPs and but the- this is what I'm curious about and that you made me think about it talking about the pockets of, of musical theater because I, I do think about you as someone that has like a very eclectic and wide pop culture mm-hmm. and just cultural in general grasp on things, you know? Um, but I was thinking, cause you're a little younger than I am and I'm certainly too young for Sylvester, except as like a retro thing, totally, but it was totally. not the retro that like my friends were listening to, you know, with their like hippie clothes in the nineties. No, 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 no. I discovered Sylvester through Sandra Bernhardt. Oh, sure. Sure. But what was, how did, I want to know what your, I Sylvester remember as was. a child, I guess it would have been, I saw the movie trading places way Richard Pratt. To, and Jackie Gleason. Uh, no, that's um, that's, <laughs> that's the toy. That's, that's the toy. Wait. No, um, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Just racist. And, for days. Yeah, just just, ra- just black that. man, white man. Just just <laughs> throw in the blanks. I get it, Ben. We get what you're doing. Rush hour. No, uh, <laughs> um, you're like Taxi, Queen Latifah, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> um, so uh, no, it's uh, and uh, anyway, there's um, Eddie Murphy plays um, Billy Ray Valentine. He's on. He's homeless, and then you know, and then Dan Aykroyd plays Winthorpe. W- w- something Winthorpe. I'm oh, literally like, looking yeah. at this without. This no, no, how no, much those, I, know, I love old this movie. Character actors are the rich Ralph guys. Ralph and yeah. um, and the other guy. Yes, and then Jamie Lee Curtis is a hooker named Ophelia. Right. It's amazing, oh. and it's very New York. It's very '80s. It has that very cold. New York comedy mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Also, Frank Oz has this amazing scene where he plays a cop and he like takes drugs out and starts tasting drugs and saying, "Oh, this is PCP." And of course, as a child, I'm like, "I'm going to try that. I want drugs." <laughs> it's like but, sweet tarts, but, uh, totally. And I and I remember like when the cops came and brought drugs to our school in the '80s and they showed us like in a briefcase, <laughs> and I was like, "Do you taste them?" To tell, oh and God. the cop was like, no, because you would get high. And I'm like, well, they did in Trading Places. <laughs> Boring cop in Charlotte, North Carolina. So anyway. Is um, that where you're from? Were you yeah, just um, yeah, at that, that time. Day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Charlotte that day just to, you know, find, about, find drugs. Um, no, I remember seeing that movie, and he, uh, Billy, Billy Ray Valentine gets, he's homeless, and he gets the, the rich guys, like, switch places with Dan Aykroyd, who is wealthy, who has to become mm-hmm. homeless. And so it's that whole, you know. And he takes over the mansion and he's playing Do You Want to Funk in the oh. house. And it was the most joyous. I remember mm-hmm. seeing this party and I'm like, I want to be, I want to be that party. And there's this woman that's coming down the stairs and everything is, it's like 80s, but it's like sliding after disco. But it still has that very like, you know, um, dirty Times mm-hmm. Square, like in the early 80s vibe.
that's I remember I was like this is one of my favorite songs ever and I I and I just sort of like would always see it and then I remember when I saw Sandra Bernhardt one of her one of her earliest shows yeah uh, when it was when it, I like guess without was, you I'm nothing without you I'm nothing yeah. it must have been where she sings you want me feel muddy real it's yeah. like a ballad mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's so gorgeous and I just have, it's he's just always been a part of my just sort of like just everything about the seventies that I would read about I always imagined Sylvester like underneath it all. So when you heard this song on the movie, did you go out and buy the album after that, or did you? Buy no, the I don't. I think it was or... one of those things that I just like loved the song and mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, because I was probably like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, too young to see that movie, and then I, you know, did um, you even know that it was sung by Sylvester? Or were you just like, no, oh, the great song? No, from I just that was scene. like, I love that song. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you know, whenever like I don't remember when I'd heard it a couple other times mm-hmm. later, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's the song from Trading Places. Mm-hmm. And then you know, as you do, and it is like a thing where I mean, I feel like. It's so interesting because kids now can like, you know, look that up and shazam right. it or mm-hmm. whatever and be like, oh, what's that thing? You know, but, you know, you sort of curate. And there's something, too, that's just so fascinating about like, you know, as a queer kid, you you just, just immediately respond to things yeah, like totally. that. You hear yeah. that song, you watch mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy and a, and a bunch of women in a mansion dancing around and you're like, I need that song because yeah. there's something queer you can feel in yeah. that music. I, there's yeah. something I feel and not even to get into the actual potential alleged queerness of Eddie Murphy. I mean, that's oh, yeah. a whole... Be careful. <laughs> I mean, no, no, not to be careful. No, I mean, sure, just, sure. I know what Just you that's mean. a whole other can of, of worms. Course, like, of course, You know, yeah, if you sure. were going to stay for the full two and a half hours of our guests, <laughs> so we could talk about it. But, um, but you shouldn't feel guilty. But right. um, no, but I, but I do... It's funny because Eddie Murphy, I never felt alienated as a queer... Me either. I, Me either. Even when he made fad jokes about... In like what was it delirious? And you talk about well, that's, the that's, honeymooners guys wanting to sleep with each other. You know, I don't know if you remember that routine. Yeah, I remember there was. It's pretty pretty rough. Delirious is pretty rough. If I like what I think I watched it again. Re, no, I mean, but, not oh, recently, did it not the last, translate? Did it not it's pretty that. rough in the time. I mean, just because you know, it's one of those things. I'm like, you're really not allowed to say faggot. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like you have that. You but have in, that but as a point. little kid watching it, I didn't I respond didn't, to it as a kid. I didn't at all. find. I loved it, and I didn't right. feel that it pushed right. me away right. as I did with so many other things. Sure. And mm-hmm. and I feel like it has to do with you talk about that cold New York. There's that sense of Eddie Murphy that he was from a culture that was yeah. of the '70s and sure. was more mm-hmm. mixed and free. Also, and all as that. an actor, I always I loved when he would play women. Or, yeah. And, his, he's such a good actor, and like he was, he never judged the women that he played. No, right, and yeah, coming right. to America, he and Arsenio Hall both are like shockingly, like Genius. fantastic. Such a good movie, you know. And it's like, so I think there was that part of it that I always re- responded yeah. to. That I was like, oh, he sort of understands, you know, women in a way that like is 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 more on the like queer side of things, yeah. and like sort of hating them and doing high-pitched falsetto voices mm-hmm. and sort of, like, doing that sort of take on women, like how, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just... But there's something about Sylvester's music that, like, also is, like... Like I was telling you earlier today, it's very business sexy. That's such it's a like, great, totally it's great like, Drew Drogi expression. <laughs> business sexy. It's like, we have a lot of work to do, but first we're going to dance. And <laughs> it's going to get real hot. Up in yes. But you are, you have a job. Yeah. Yeah. Your job is to yeah. do this. Do the work. Yes. And, uh, which is also so 80s. It is yeah, so totally. like. Well, I think it's that Sandra routine with the song is like the two straight guys out at a club and they take mm-hmm. some ecstasy and like eventually they hook up in the story she like narrates over the song. But it, you know, mm-hmm. it starts off just like these like yuppie 
you know, right. What do you call it? Bright lights, big city. Kind sure, of like sure. Evening mm-hmm. out. Jay McInerney. Yeah, you know, yeah. Freddie Stanellis. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. Co-headed <laughs> zombie totally. nightmare vampire Co-key. people. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I I know, and it's like. Oh, there's just something about like that that it's an anthem. It's just, it's a call to arms. There's something mm-hmm. about it that feels very much like you know, you know. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Do you want to funk? That's on that album. Is really like here's what you have to do yeah. right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you want to funk, let me tell you now. Do you want to funk with me? It's like you know, it, it's a directive. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, I yeah. have to do this. Yeah, totally. It's like, and I also I always love uh, dance songs that are like you know that tell you like get on the dance floor yeah. yes. yeah, yeah, do yeah. this now and yeah. you're like alright I'm on board mm-hmm. I love it. I'm such I a sub it. for that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't think of you as a sub I, th- I mean, not really but I feel like when, business sexy is, is so good for you I mean <laughs> I, I, I think I told you a million times how much I loved I know we both did bright totally. colors and bold yes. patterns oh, thank and, you. Yes. and and th- but business sexy feels like such a thing that could have been <laughs> a, cut, a cut monologue totally totally, totally. Yeah. totally. yeah yeah uh, well, thanks. What Thank was the you. song you used at the beginning of that? It was a Diana Ross. It was um, My World is Empty Without yeah. You mm, by Diana so Ross. Good. Yeah, that um, that was inspired from. There was a time, oh, uh, one of my many weekends in Palm Springs. I heard a slowed down version of that song, mm. and it was just they had just taken her recording and they just slowed it down. And it is the most haunting, wow. sad, creepy song ever. Like it's a, it's like this stalker. My world anthem. is oh empty and without you. Oh, and I and I, w- I remember it was the Ace Hotel. And somebody was, they were playing it and DJ had it on and I was just watching all these people in Palm Street and everyone just kind of felt just so lonely for a minute. Mm. And I was like, this vibe is so right. And then, you know, when I was writing Bright Colors and Bold Patterns and I was like, I don't want to, you can't start a show with that. Also, my character comes in talking a million miles a minute. So it's got to be, but Mm -hmm. you know, that song, it's like, it has that organ at the beginning Mm -hmm. of it. And I love, it would always psych me out. Yeah. Um, But I write a lot with music in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm always thinking, like, because the curtain call for that song was, um, um, oh my god, why did I literally set that up and I'm blanking on it? But it was um, "Lady You Shot Me" by Harmar Superstar. Lady, you shot me. And that was another one that I heard that and I was like, it's just about being in line. Like I'm in love with you and, you, and I'll just stay in line to, mm. until it's my time to, mm-hmm. for you to be with me. And it's like, oh my God. It's so I always love high energy, sad music. I think it's yeah. just like high wonderful. energy, sad. Yeah. I love, I feel like, um, for me, I always think of Robin as like that. Oh she yeah. Oh, like, of course. And I love, I, you know, Robin. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. It's yes. like, it's like dance music for like lonely people. Oh, it's you know? wonderful. Mm. 
It's Ooh, absolutely I love great. It so much. What mm-hmm. were the what are the musical inspirations for the new play? The new play, Happy Birthday, Doug. The curtain call is "You Make Me Feel Mighty." <gasps> so yeah. yeah. I just was like, oh, that's just a perfect because happy birthday, Doug. I'm playing I playing nine different gay men um, at a at a part at a birthday party for obviously for Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm playing all different um, ages, sizes, shapes mm-hmm. of of gay men. I'm so fucking excited. And so I so it was way more about the current experience of what that is, and I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine anything more of just our anthem than, mm-hmm. you know, you make me feel my real. Mm. But then I also I did find some other um, some um, you know, um, oh my God, what's the song? Um, Casera, Casera, hit oh, the beat. Lost now. Lo- Lost in Emotion. Lisa, Lisa, yeah. Lisa, Lisa, mm. Cold Jam. Lost in So Lost in Emotion is very much in there. I also have Philadelphia Freedom by Mm -hmm. Elton John because I needed some help in there. What else did I have in there? I, I also, um, I have uh, Cupcake, the rapper. Do you know Cupcake? Mm, I say it's Cupcake like in the show. It's yeah, spelled it's with two Ks. Cupcake, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> must check out her work because she has a song called Spider-Man Dick. Oh. And it is the filthiest song you've ever heard. It's like a throwback to like 90s. Like filth, like rap. peaches and stuff. Yes, like, it's yeah. like it feels very much like peaches mixed with like two live crew, mm-hmm. and like the era where they were just sing so disgustingly. Filth, yeah, and she so owns it, and she's awesome, and I love her. Um, and I wanted to put that in there. I, mean, I don't know. I just was like, I found a bunch of stuff. I have one little thing, but it always. I mean, knock on wood, it gets covered by a laugh. We'll see. Maybe it may not some nights, but I have a <laughs> tiny riff. You have to really hear it that I have a net Funicello singing "Monkey's Uncle." I don't care. That's also one of my oh. favorite movies from childhood, and I love Annette. I'm like, people, mm-hmm. like queer people don't talk about Annette Funicello enough. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I love that. And I just mm-hmm. was like, I'm gonna throw that in 
why the, why not? I mean, what, you're also way too young for Annette Funicello. I mean, yeah. I think of her like from like back yeah, to the she's beach my and like yeah, you know, sure. weird eighties mm-hmm. like right. B movies. Like, is well, that yeah? Your thing? She did Back to the Beach. It was like I want to say eighty seven. I did see that in the theater, but I was like, <laughs> I was ten. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's born in seventy seven, and um, but I watched. My mom is obsessed with okay. Frankie and Annette movies, and and mm-hmm. Tommy Kirk and Annette Funicello, like um, the Misadventures of Merlin Jones and the Monkey's Uncle, and all those. 60s daffy mm-hmm. comedies that are usually like a nerd, yeah. a monkey, <laughs> and a net playing a net. <laughs> and she has that bubble hair. She has she has a very like divine like um, yeah, Don Davenport yes. vibe yeah. to her. Was um, she ever in a John Waters? Was she in a Hairspray? No, no I don't she think. She seems that was like ever... she would have been some like. I know. Part I wonder in what hairspray. John Waters thinks about her. I wonder if he. I, but um, it, she would have been great in Hairspray. Yeah, I mean, totally. she would have been great. Uh, you know. Um, you know, in that world, uh, she could have been like Penny Pingleton's mom. Or totally, yeah. totally. You know? um, but I know that she got very, I mean, she was pretty wholesome. I mean, you know, yeah. she was very much, she did those like uh, um, peanut butter ads. Oh, right. Oh, was it yeah. Jiffy? Something yeah, I think it was like Jiffy. Skippy or something. Yeah. I think, yeah, she did one of those. I'm yeah. Like so um, anyway, but I just was like, what an icon that we just don't really like yeah. bring up anymore. And, I don't know. I always like the fun part about writing your own materials. You can go, I'm going to put this in mm-hmm. and you're either going to, you know, connect or not until mm-hmm. somebody really says, this really doesn't make any sense that you have it in there. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun mm-hmm. to sort of think that way. And also I just really enjoy, I love learning more about queer culture, obviously. And mm-hmm. I just enjoy sharing what I know or sort yeah. of, sort of bringing in threads that I know, because it's like, I feel like we're still so limited in, in terms of like what we consider, you know, like our taste. And I'm like, there's so many, which is all great, but it's like, there's other stuff yeah. too. There are other levels. You can go deeper and find other things. And, um, and I always love, um, like that, like even on that, on the Sylvester album, there's so many songs on there. Um, that, um, like disco heat, I think is on that song, which mm-hmm. is so good. And it's like one that you don't really, no, no. The only either. one I knew on this album was "Do You Want to Funk," mm-hmm. but I was surprised reading about the album that it was considered like his new wave album, uh-huh. yeah. which uh-huh. like was not. I mean, how I would totally. have thought of that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, and it's like I feel like everyone, but he's definitely got he he. Um, one of the songs on there is called "Hard Up," and there's a music video on there which is so homoerotic oh, wow. and it's so weird mm. that they cover it with it. They try to do this like Cleopatra pyramids uh-huh. vibe on there. But he's all about like he's all over a snake, and he's like just just vibing on this guy. And you just see like close ups of like biceps, and like just total male form. And then it's like Sylvester, in all her glory with like the long with the long hair and like with snakes, all going all up, up the arms and stuff. And then then it just cuts to a woman, and it's like, you know, it's it thinks it's coded in the eighties. Yeah, it's like sure. in the eighties was like oh yeah. It's there's a woman there's there, a woman. so it doesn't count. You know, but you look at it now and you're like, there's no denying yeah, yeah, what yeah. this is, and it's called hard up, and it's like I'm just hard <laughs> up what, for the D. What, what the was D, like honey. the um, things that you saw as sort of openly queer beacons to you, like you know, non-coded stuff? Um, what were the earlier ones? You know, now of course I guess stuff is everywhere. But. Sure, I would definitely say. Um, well, I don't know, but Batman. I mean, when I was thinking about like the. Watching old stuff, my mom would always put us in front of like Hitchcock movies and the mm-hmm, Batman TV mm-hmm. show. Yeah. So the '60s Batman show for sure had that vibe to me. And then I don't know. I was always I'm such a horror fan. So like Freddy Krueger movies, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nightmare Two is so overtly gay, but I think there's something about Freddy Krueger that's very queer. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I really related to. Thriller 
was one of the first things that I really just sort of like hooked into. I remember exactly where I was when I saw Boy George on mm. MTV. Oh, and I was yes. like, oh, that, mm-hmm. that's a thing. That's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, what, what did you think? Because he was, in, I feel like in that early 80s moment with Boy George, when mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper was still kind of equal to Madonna. Sure, you know, right, right, like, right. There, there seemed to be so much like, Variety of artists and things mm-hmm. that there was room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, it was like more corporate commercial 80s, mm-hmm. and he just kind of disappeared. And, right. you know, George Michael had become a like heterosexual sex symbol. And right. George, right, right, right. George was gone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Right. What, what did you hold? I mean, my, my fantasy of you. Being like this, like just like brilliant, like weirdo, was like <laughs> carrying carrying the torch and not being homogenized by that moment. Oh God, I wish I was that cool. I went through a real period of like just wanting to fit in, and I was like, I wore a lot of khaki and a lot of like you know, <laughs> I and I had like a bowl cut. Yeah. Oh, oh, I wore like like horrible like olive sweater vests and like khaki shorts. Like J.C. Penny catalog, yeah, <laughs> or like um, all those sweater vests. Bridges, were huge. great outdoors. Yeah, like, yes. You remember that like sort of vibe? Like it was very and and, and then I got into structure, which oh, is yeah. so structure. like I mean, well, talk just about express that. for men, totally, right? exactly. Yeah. And uh, and that was more like the crut, the weird velvet shirt, you know. Yeah, and oh, uh, yeah. but I I definitely got into I don't know like I always you know um, I loved. I mean, I always loved Madonna. I always yeah. loved B fifty twos. I to this day swear that Sinead O'Connor's the best singer on earth. I mean, mm. I think she, I love her voice. What so is your much. favorite Sinead song? Oh, there's so many. I almost it. picked that for this too because I was oh. I was thinking about that. I mean, Mandinka is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mm-hmm. Line of the Cobra. That album is just yeah. a perfect album. You know, people are always asking me if I'm on Ozempic, and let me tell you, I do not mind them asking me that. But I'm not on Ozempic. They especially ask me that when they see me eating dessert, or desserts, or all the crap I eat when I'm out. But my secret is that when I'm home, when I'm by myself, I'm eating Factor. Factor sends me restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever I am. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup except for, like, my fork. And now you can enjoy Factor Meals too. Go to factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 and use code giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off. That's code giantsinthesky50 at factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off. Um, I want your hands on me, which is in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, just a crossover. Is I, she I, doing okay? Didn't she have some sort of I don't know. A I don't couple think years so. ago. I think she's in. Yeah. She's had. She struggled with mental illness for yeah. a really, really long mm-hmm. time. She's like posting um, Facebook videos or something. Weird. Yeah, there were some major meltdowns going on, and you know, and God, she really went through it because also, like, I mean, nothing compares to you. You know, no, no shade towards Prince or anything, mm-hmm. but like that song wouldn't have worked if Prince. I mean, it would have just been another Prince song. But right. the fact that her voice, that song. 
cut through, and all people did was go look at the bald woman. Like it was so. Mm. I mean, because that was post Boy George and all yeah, that, and totally. it was like she was such a freak, and it was like, and and I loved the and I and again I, you know, I loved when Jan Hooks played her on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and I loved that thing that they, mm-hmm. she was doing. I responded to that, but I also was like, but I love that person in there too. Mm-hmm. And I, she also has an album of all 40s standards, but then oh, she wow. sings Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Oh yes, Am I Not Your Only Girl? Uh, yeah. The only Sinead O'Connor album I own. Okay, okay. <laughs> and it's like, she's, you know, what don't you do right? And she sings yes. that and she sings, and it's also awesome, but it's like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. no, I mean, there's so many different mm-hmm. s- like styles that she can yeah. do. And I really do just think she, I mean, I can just listen to her wail forever. And mm-hmm. I just, it's, and I feel like every 90s female singer tried to sound like Shannon mm-hmm. Connor afterwards. They're like, that Irish lilt is what yeah. I yeah. want. Yeah. So everyone after that, it was like Natalie Merchant and, um, uh, the cranberries and yeah. fill in the blank. There were so many like yes. Oh my that, god, the cranberries that is all so like just. I think they all owe it to Sinead. Not that that's not literally their vo- how their voices sound too, but I just <laughs> right, think there's yeah. something about how Sinead just like is a trailblazer, mm-hmm. and I really do wish her well because I mean you know. And then when she ripped up the picture of the Pope on SNL, yeah, it was like right. done. Her yes. career was yeah, over. Yes. So Whereas now, I think people would would applaud her right. boldness for doing something. I mean, like now that. we wish the Pope was like our biggest problem. I, right. Exactly, it's like the Dixie Chicks and George Bush. Yeah, right. Exactly. Such a big deal at the time. It was so weird. Or Jane Fonda in the seventies. Sure. Like, yeah. Oh mm-hmm. God, to this day, like my talk about oh. my someone that like if your name is brought up at my at the family dinner table. Yeah. Right. It's just like Jane Fonda. Well, you know. Politics, I don't care for, and you're like Jane Fonda. <laughs> She's awesome. How do you not like Jane Fonda? Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I, I feel so much empathy. Imagine being over sixty or over seventy, and not even being able to claim Jane Fonda as like your star. I mean, mm-hmm. Right. I know. I remember I used, I got into some fight with my dad because my my dad, um, R.I.P. Miss you, Dad. Love you. But it was we got it. We we'd get into it because he was. Very conservative, and we would get into these like debates. And I remember, I mean, he held I, this was probably college, so mm-hmm. I was in my like tw- early 20s at this point. And somebody came up about Jane Fonda, and my dad was just like, Oh my god, Jane Fonda, the worst nightmare. I go, She's amazing, she's a hero, like, she's incredible. Right. And I'm like, Fill in the blank, what, what do you want to talk about? We want to talk about mm-hmm. Clue, we want to talk about Hanoi, like, what? She's yeah, got- yeah. And my dad was like, Oh, I picked her up at. My dad went to Clemson in South Carolina. He's like, she came and spoke at Clemson, and I picked her up from the airport, and I drove her to <gasps> cl- at school. She's she chain smoked and cussed like a sailor, and I'm like, Dad, you have never told First me. First of all, Jane Fonda was in your car. Oh my! I would God. be like, roll out the windows, yes. get a carton, and cuss away. Yes, I would hear everything you have to say. And my dad was just so like. And I was like, that is so, that is so crazy funny. to me that it was just like, it came out in a moment of rage. Like he had held on to that. It's almost he like he didn't care. want people to know. It right. And like, it's not like my dad knew. So it was, in, we're in North Carolina. It's like, we didn't, mm, we didn't know celebrity. Right. We had no connection to these people, <laughs> but he just was like, oh yeah, that happened anyway. So your parents are conservative. Mm-hmm. What did they think about your show? Because I think I met them did at you, the did, after party. Oh, okay. You met my mom and my color. stepdad. Oh, your stepdad. Yes, at Bright Colors and Yes, yes, yes. They were so sweet. They are they they're so they're, proud of yes, you. Yes, they are. Oh, thank you. I love I um, love them, I guess I have to say. My stepfather, my stepfather passed away earlier this year. So mm. my mom and stepfather, it was a big deal for them to come, I was very nervous mm-hmm. about... Do they my, still live in Charlotte? They are. My, she, mom, she, my she? mom is in uh, South Carolina now. She lives in mm-hmm. a small town near Myrtle Beach. 
And um, my mom is always the person who is always very socially liberal and physically mm-hmm. conservative, like that person that people, you know, and you're right. like, oh, yeah. kind of, it's hard to, you know, anyway. So my mom was never, also an interior designer, and we were always around gay people growing sure. up, so that was never an issue, and I'm very lucky with that, and yeah. I never felt like, at all, like there was, there was ever an issue there, but it was, um, I was nervous that my mom was going to come to that show mm-hmm. and be worried about me, and think that this was my, all the drugs yeah. I'm doing, all the loneliness, and the fact that like, I was, and I was really like, oh God, she's going to come, and she's going to cry and think like this is a cry for help mm-hmm. and she's gonna feel and I, and I just that was what I was worried about more yeah. than any of the gay stuff yeah and you know and I hadn't really considered my stepfather because they've been married about 10 or 12 years he was is way more conservative conservative and like I had long you know Trump conversations with him mm-hmm. late at night and I, I was more like I want to know tell me all the stuff and we had great conversations about really it. And I actually did mm-hmm. learn a lot from his perspective mm-hmm. of why he voted the way he did and like so but still I hadn't really considered I didn't really care I mean mm-hmm. again I, what yeah. he thought you know sure. I was like we met when we were adults well it's your work and it's, and this yeah. is my mother yeah. I care mm-hmm. about my mother I was so nervous on opening night because my mother was there mm-hmm. and then I was like well if if her husband is like weird about it and whatever I don't really care sure um and then my mom was lovely in the night before the show. She was like, I heard you on a podcast saying you were really worried that I was going to watch it. And she's like, oh, and she was she like, you're a writer, honey, you're a writer. And I know this isn't going to you and, I know, and I'm fine. And it was like, you know. You're like, well, it's kind of me. Kind of me. <laughs> it all came from this head, mama. Um, and uh, so, but then, yeah. But then my stepfather was the one who was the most like, who I had a talk with who was the most changed after mm. I, I talked to him about it. And he was the one that was like, you know, your, your play taught me a lot. And he was like, oh. and I really do. I hope you know I, that I believe that, like, people love who they love. And, like, we oh. had that talk. And I was like, Beautiful. oh, my God. And, you know, it was one of those moments where you're like, I, you know, I find that, like, I'm so not writing from that place of, like, we're queer and yeah, accept sure. us. Like, but on that, on the level, that was the level that he understood yes. it. Mm-hmm. And he needed to hear it on that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like saying, here's what's wrong with gay people. This yeah, is how we right. ruin each other and ourselves. Yeah. Right. But he, in his mind, he was like, I need to, you know. And um, so that really touched me because I was mm-hmm. like, I never thought that he would even look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Also, at the after party, he became like best friends immediately with Randy Jones from the Village People. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, my wow. my parents have become best friends with Randy Jones oh, at an after party, too. <laughs> and he gave them a CD and a business yes. card and a postcard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so my stepfather was always asking about, like, how's Randy doing? Every time oh, I look at yeah. him, I'm like, oh, I don't God. know. I don't keep... I mean, I think he's good. I have read into him a couple of times. Yeah. He's lovely. I mean, you know, but... You connected up with him way more than that I did, you know. And so, so funny. you know, and um, it, how I mean, just like it just feels so on the nose. You're like, oh, you know, you're, you're you know, step back, and then the guy from the village people <laughs> exactly. is exactly. the guy that you know comes, you know. But anyway, embrace um, it, embrace it, totally. Um, okay, so but yeah, I want to know how did you move to LA right after college? I did, yeah, and in like twenty years ago, yeah. So I mean. You know what? That's like what? That's more than that's another ten years before you did like the Chloe videos and everything. Yeah. And like, yeah, you were I in like the Groundlings. UCB I did the Groundlings. Deal. I did. I did UCB later, but I I I started at the Groundlings right when I right when I moved. But did you already I, know that was like really cool and that's where like all the SNL people and yeah, I I didn't really. I had never done improv before, and mm-hmm. uh, in college I didn't do I didn't do like the sketch comedy troupe or anything. I did a lot of theater, and I constantly wanted to be like a serious actor. Mm-hmm. Not I a used, writer. 
No, I didn't think I was a writer then either. And I just was like, um, I actually went to to Wake Forest to be a, to be an English major, and I was going to do theater on the side. And then, mm-hmm. and the English major it was like all like uh, like old dead white guys, and so much reading and so much writing, and it was so hard. And just there was nothing creative about it. And the theater department was just a lot more interesting. And so I kind of did that. And then I was like, I had friends living in LA. I love the weather in LA. I mean, I always like. New York was, and to this day, is still like more intimidating to me in a way of like New York. Have you is never it. lived here? I've never lived here. Officially lived here, and um, How, but you were here for for several months when you were yes, doing bright yes, colors. Yes, yes, I did. I was here for three months doing bright colors, and so mm-hmm. and I come here like, you know, um, six or eight times a year. So I'm here a lot now, yeah. but I don't, I've never like had residence here. But, um, but I just I the Groundlings. I went into the lobby and I saw so many of those actors that I just loved, mm-hmm. and I had just seen. Um, this movie Go, the um, oh yeah, Sarah Polly. Scott Scott Wolf, yes, right? <laughs> yeah, Scott Wolf, and um, uh, who is his uh, Tim Oliphant's in it as well? But it's like Scott Wolf. Mm. Oh, and Jay Moore, Jay that, Moore, thank you. God, and they play terrible. a gay couple in it, right? That's and why do you I remember? remember? Oh. Yeah. Do you I remember? I never saw Party of Five, but I who, saw Go. When they find out they're cheating on each other with the same guy, they go to his house. And he's not there, but his sister is there. And do you remember who <gasps> played his sister? Oh, I'm so excited in that to movie. Melissa McCarthy. Oh, wow. It was the first thing I had ever seen her in. I think it was maybe her first movie. Mm-hmm. She has like five lines. I saw it in the theater and I, I was like, who is this person? I need to rewatch I'm Star. I'm with this person. I, this is the funniest person I've ever seen. And so then I went, to, when I went and visited the Groundlings, she was in the Sunday Company at the time. Mm, and wow. I saw her headshot and I said, that is the girl from mm-hmm. Go. And, um, and, you know, and every time, and, you know, and we, you know, it was crazy, like sort of like going through the program and watching her blow up and like getting to know her and like all these people through it. And you just see like these character actors that are just monster talents and the mm-hmm. training was so good. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I love Lisa Kudrow. I love Jennifer Coolidge. You know, I, all I Phil Hartman, all these people. I'm like, I want to go there. So I took classes there for a long time. I was in classes there longer than college because mm-hmm. the waiting list is forever. And then I did the Sunday company for a year and a half. And then it was a blessing in disguise and, uh, that I didn't get into the main company. Um, and then it just made, it kicked me out and made me sort of find a new home. Mm-hmm. And so I went to UCB and I, and then I was in a gay sketch comedy group in LA. And then that's where I started like doing like Chloe on stage. Is that the, mm-hmm. the orphans? Is that, it was called the, it was called the deviants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the orphans is Jim Hansen's company that mm-hmm. makes the Chloe videos um, on YouTube. And, um, and yeah. And so I just, was doing like a lot of like, and then I sort of fell into drag stuff because I never, mm. I was doing all sketch comedy stuff and I never thought I was a drag queen. Still don't, especially when I'm in shows with like Jackie Beat and Sherry Vine and mm-hmm. Alaska. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these are drag queens yeah, and they're yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. But and, there's other people like Alec Mappa does. Right, this, Alec Mappa, right? Sam sure. Pancake. Yeah. Sam Pancake and I are like, we, we, we're like the booger queens. Like we like, yes. Know, and, we, we yeah, your rose more, is so funny. Oh my like, god! Thank I mean, I've you. never seen it. My dream is to like come and see oh, it's it because really it's really weird. That it's time. really weird. It's always a time say, when it's I like can't it's come. an acid trip. It's like Betty White has done some major yeah. <laughs> and um, and um, but yeah. So I just sort of fell into stuff that way, and I just by like performing a lot live, and then obviously Jim Hansen was like, "Let's make videos," and I didn't mm. want to do it because I was like, I don't want to. I, I just was I had this weird hang up about it. I mean, Chloe mm. was something I tried not to do for so long. Had you done Chloe live first? Oh yes, for like oh maybe ten years before that. Oh wow! wow. So people it, are like, well, this let's is... see, I, not that long, but I, I think two thousand two. What was is that the like? First big time love? Did, era? Yes. Yeah. And it was when she had curly blonde hair, and mm. I we really looked a lot alike. 
And I didn't do any makeup then. I just had my own hair. I put like a ribbon in my hair <laughs> and there's like a glitter top. And, and was I was it always super like super skinny then and I had like jeans. I would just do jeans and heels and a glitter top. And be like super like so you know funny. yeah and that was it was it always like the same sort of like name drop yes from like day one it was oh it, it was it was definitely two thousand two because it was right after nine eleven mm-hmm. Nathan Lane and all these celebrities were doing like come to New York ads mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and I read an interview with Chloe Sevigny and she was referencing such downtown and hyper specific <laughs> references mm. and I was like what if Chloe Sevigny did one. And she was trying to talk to Middle America about coming to New York. <laughs> so that's where that's where Good Evening Good America evening, came yeah. from. So I've always done that from day one. I've, I, yeah. you know, I went on stage and was like, "Good evening, America." I'm Chloe Sevigny, and you know, it's recently come to my attention that I love New York, and that's been from the beginning. I mean, I can't tell you how many Brooklyn house parties I've been yes. at, yes. drunk, and then eventually, you know, we reach the time and I where the Chloe videos come yeah. on. You know, oh, we turn yeah. on YouTube and we hit shuffle, and it's, <laughs> everyone just yeah. like beds down and watches <laughs> your videos. Oh my god, it's so fun! It's so crazy to me to hear that because it was something that I just because I, before the videos, I would do it on stage and I would never know if it mm-hmm. would. Some nights it would bomb, yeah, so hard, and it's so rough because there's no real. Were you doing that in the Sunday night? Like Growlings, I did shows? it in the Growlings for uh, um, yes, and even then I wanted to end because I was like, I, um, the Sunday company you have to write new material every week, mm-hmm. and so if you get a sketch that works, the longest you can run it is five weeks, mm-hmm. and then you're in a new. And so I was doing for a year and a half. So I did one time. I did maybe five weeks of a Chloe sketch, maybe once, um, and that was during Brown Bunny when I was doing. That was during that time. Mm-hmm. So that was before the videos. When I was mm-hmm. in the Growlings, it was before the videos. So. Yeah, it was a real blessing. Like I said, it, had I stayed in the Growlings, I don't know if I would have been inspired to make videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, I'm so grateful to the Growlings for all the training and then for kicking me out yeah. at the right time, really. And I teach there. So I go back and I teach mm-hmm. there and I still perform there a lot. And um, and what about like, I mean, you've done like so many guest spots and TV shows mm-hmm. and movies. Did that all start? Like, did you get like a big agent after the Chloe videos? Like, hey, like before, how did that happen? It really was from the Growlings and I started getting jobs through... Like Reno 911 was my first mm-hmm. TV job because I knew some of those people. And I, I mean, I, I remember auditioning for that. And, you know, but like, you know, I just sort of like people started getting in positions to hire. And then I just sort of got from there. And then my, yeah, I mean, my agents definitely came through with the videos and everything. And um, and I was with some big agents years ago and, and they would just not return my calls. And so mm-hmm. I have a boutique agent that I love who works really hard for me and you know, I just talk to him all, you know, a couple times a week. And I, for me, I way prefer that sort yeah. of thing, that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, I, I, I do, it would be great like one day to get to a point where I'm not so DIY, but I'm also like, I kind of am grateful for that too, because yeah. it's like, I know that like, even with my show with Happy Birthday Doug, where it's very lo-fi. I mean, yeah. it's like, it is a bare bones. We're doing four shows a week for four weeks downtown in Soho and it's like I'm happy that I can carry the whole thing in my backpack mm-hmm. you know and yeah. like I love that write and writing taught me that writing was mm-hmm. like when I got that that gift to be like make your own material you're going to be the best at your own material right and then you just do that and then you're like oh you know when you get when you get asked to be on the TV shows or the movies or whatever that's always really nice and that's always good money mm-hmm. but um well that's such a good lesson also for young actors because you know certainly some of the people we've had on the pod um you know, Varla, Colascola, and, you know, Ben with his one-man show. It's mm-hmm. like you're not waiting 
for people to give you mm-hmm. work. You create your yes. own work. And then yes. the offers come from that as totally. well. Totally. And that's so that's such a lesson that I'm trying to learn myself. Yeah, it's hard because it's so terrifying to put things out there. I think I think at first if you have nothing out there, you're like, oh, the first thing I put out there has to be the best thing right. in the world. And what was the first thing for you? I have no memory. And that's what I would say is just start <laughs> making things and right. throw it out there. Yeah. Because the world will tell you. But does mm-hmm. that mean that you were doing just like 5, 10, 15 minutes in these evenings of like a bunch of different artists. Yeah, I did a lot of that. I will say the first thing that I did that hit was uh, Mike Rose and Tyler Spears and I did this cartoon (gasps) called called Planet Unicorn that was about a gay, uh, three gay unicorns, uh, you know, and it was a cartoon. And that really hit, that was like pre-YouTube. I want to say that was Channel 101. And so... But that was something that we had no idea would be a hit. We were mm-hmm. doing Channel 101 shows that are still happening. Yeah. They do these monthly, you know. So I would just say, like, make things, put them out there. If they aren't good, they go away. Like, right, people just right. don't watch them. No one goes, hey, watch this thing. I mean, unless you're, like, <laughs> Rebecca Black-level horrible. <laughs> yes. But then it's like, you know, but if you're making comedy and it's not great, mm-hmm. you know, who cares? You'll right. make more. You'll get better. And then... Because I think so many people are so afraid at the beginning stages of going, mm. this may not be the best thing. And guess what? It might be amazing. It right. might be like the best thing that right. you don't know. Because I don't, I to this day, I don't know. I mean, my new show, I was terrified of doing because I was like, I, I did an hour of new material. I didn't try out any of it like an idiot. And I did it at Dynasty Typewriter in LA last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. in front of 200 people. And I was like, this could be terrible. And mm-hmm. I'm also playing nine gay men. I'm making a big statement about mm-hmm. who we are and what we're doing. Is this going to be hateful? Is this going to be boring? Is it going to be basic? Is it going to be too, you know, is it at all funny? And and again, you go through that, that never stops. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't stop, I don't think. I think it keeps you going. But, you know, I had to tell myself, like, you know, 8 o'clock happens and you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, then you just do something yeah, else. Yeah. Like, it's You'll not... learn for right. next time, yeah. Right. Well, and explain to me, because I hear so much about Dynasty Typewriter, and I think for the longest time I got it confused with Dynasty Handbag. Cause it's oh, I know, I know. <laughs> yes, I know. And I've but... talked to Dynasty Handbag about it, and she's like, what is this what theater the that ripped my name um, So explain for me and any of our uh, East Coast uh, listeners. Okay, so Dynasty... I'm glad you asked that, because I say all the time, people look like, what are you saying? I mean, the name is so cool, you want to be so part cool. of it. It's so cool. Dynasty Typewriter is the newest hotspot for comedy in L.A. It is the old Hayworth Theater um, in horrible uh, MacArthur Park. Like, there's very little around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this gorgeous theater. And hey, the Hayworth is kind of falling apart. Jinji Cohen um, somehow yeah. got involved in it, bought the space, turned it around. These uh, Jamie Flam and Vanessa Ragland run this place. They have turned it into the most adorable Jewel box. It's a 200 oh, seat theater. Wow. It's all like lime green on the inside. They have the best popcorn. They're known for like best <gasps> popcorn on the West Coast or something. Yeah, I love it. And so I'm you in. get like popcorn and snacks and you sit and and it is it's uh it's an old movie house from back in the 40s that mm-hmm. they've turned into a theater. And I mean Adam Sandler has done his it did a week uh residency there. Oh, wow. Uh Hannah Gadsby's under like all these people, like as you go there to workshop new material. Mm-hmm. And I've known Jamie and Vanessa forever, and they offered me um, two nights in June when I and I just was that like, was when you that's premiered when I the first premiered version Happy Birthday mm-hmm. Duck for the first but time. but then you did it at the cell because Tom is the director Tom Petrinas is directing. the director of the Celebration Theater right Am I he is yeah he was uh, he was uh, director of alternative programming okay so anyone listening at Celebration Theater like yeah you know uh, <laughs> yeah but sure yeah he's a, yes and Tom is phenomenal yeah truly one of my favorite 
like people on Earth, but also such a creative. I don't know anyone on Earth that can do all the things that Tom DeTrinis does so well. I don't know anyone who can act, who is so funny and such a great performer, but also can produce mm. and direct. He does everything, and I love working with him. We've done a million shows together. Uh, he seems, sort of seemed like the the natural choice um, to work with. We obviously wanted to involve Michael Yuri again because mm-hmm. we, we obviously love him. He's the, the angel of the world, and we want. It. And so he is so busy, and obviously in New yeah, York. I'm going to see so, his show tonight. It's I'm, so uh, good. Good. Okay. Good. Grand Horizons is wonderful. Great, it's great. actually really moving. Get oh, ready. Wonderful. I was like oh, I expecting a comedy, it. but it's. Re- I mean, it is. It's very funny, but mm. it's also, and he's. So good in it. Oh, um, so him. Michael, but is, so he's a presenter. He's a presenter the of the show. Yeah. Um. And um. But just like it's pretty much the same team. And Zach Lax is producing. Zach Lax is producing. Yeah, as love well. him. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend of the pod. And so they're all. It's all the same team from Bright Colors because Tom was associate producer and my understudy on Bright Colors. So oh, that rings. We've all sort now. of like done mm. this before. So mm. we're really. Excited to, you know, bring it all back. And, and do it again. Bright Colors has had quite a life. I mean, first mm-hmm. of all, everyone should know, if they didn't see it, it's on Broadway HD. Broadway HD. Yes. It on, yes. on, for, on Amazon Prime, where they can download Amazon. it. It's mm-hmm. so, so wonderful. And is it, is it published also? It, we're, yes. You can contact us directly. We're self-publishing. Con- contact oh. them directly. Yeah, contact them directly. directly. It's worth reading. I need a copy. And, um, and have, you've done it, uh, I mean, I know you did it, obviously, in New York and L.A. And right. Where else? And I, I did it back in the day. I did it one night in Provincetown. Where <gasps> in Pizza? At the Conan Anchor, just one night for. Oh uh, my god! Um, and then I did. Uh, let's see, I did it in a girl's backyard one time <laughs> in LA. She hired me to do it in her backyard with like it was like really fun. But then once we finished New York, then Jeff Hiller took over. Yes, for me. and I got right. to see him. Really, I saw him Fantastic. once too. Yeah, so, so great. And I just like he he actually just did so many things, and it's so fun. I. I never thought I would give it up to anybody else. Yeah. And then I got to a point after I did it about 150 times, I was like, I think I'm done with this. Not forever, but I just, I was tired and I was bored at my own, like, voice and performance mm. and everything. And I just was watching myself do the same things over and over How again. How many shows a week had you been doing? We were doing, I was doing seven a week. I was like, and then, a run. Yeah. It was a like, run. I was like, a yeah. play. And then, um, so, uh, when Jeff took over, he just added so much to it. And I just, I watched it and I got to a point where he taught me about the play and I was yeah. like, Oh my God, that's that. And that's this and that. And he was so good. And then he did it in DC this summer. Right. And then we've had productions of it. We just closed. There was a production in Detroit that just, did you go see it? Uh, I didn't, I haven't been able to see it anywhere except for, I saw Jeff do it in DC. Yeah. But, um, there was a production in Buffalo there. Wow. Were, um, and then, uh, in Texas. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's been a couple places and, um, how wonderful. It's my- really exciting and it's really crazy to like, watch people talk about the show and like, you know, it's and it's like something I never thought would happen. And now it's out in the world. Yeah. Like the it's really, its own. really it's like cool. Child, Have you, you come know? in to own your identity as a writer now? Yes, I, I, I mm. think so. I mean, and I, you write on you know, some shows too, right? I just wrote on AJ and the queen. Yes. Which I love. We watched I that. Tell you. Oh, I know. It's so great. I, it's so sweet. We lived it. for it. I had a Please tell such me a good time. Be a second season. I don't know. We don't, I mean, I don't know yet. I haven't been told either way, so I don't know. I hope so. Um, it was a dream come true getting to work with RuPaul and Michael Patrick King. I mean, oh, come absolutely. on, those two. Yeah, Michael Leon Willie was so oh my God, great. How wonderful so is he? Well, you know, it was a lot of people doing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, for like a lot of those series regulars had never had a, their own TV mm. show before. They all have been working forever. I mean, yeah. Michael Leon Willie is Broadway royalty, but mm. it's like you're getting a TV show, ML, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. boom. RuPaul had never really gone this way and mm-hmm. done like dramatic 
character acting mm-hmm. that's not him. I mean, Robert is not really Rue. Yeah. Right. And he's yeah. really wonderful and so magical. Much. And then you're getting to watch RuPaul do drag numbers, which we haven't seen in a million we, years. That's yes. what we said. Yes. Have we never seen RuPaul lip sync? I was like, yeah. RuPaul actually can lip sync. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's <laughs> really enough. wonderful at that. And, you know, and chills when you're in the room mm. with, with RuPaul and drag. And, and then Rue... Were you like Rue, at the, in the writer's room with yes, Rue? I was in, yes, wow. and so I had a lot of time with him there. And just like, you know, he's so down to earth. He's honestly mm. like, he has time for everyone. He's interested in everyone. He's very just, he's just a very... Has he seen your Golden Girls uh, parody no, show? Because he loves not. Golden Girls. He does love Golden Girls. And I, I, um, I believe I've, I've definitely talked to him about it, but I'm not, he has not come to that. He did come to see Bright Colors. Oh, wonderful. He saw Jeff right. do Bright mm-hmm. Colors. Uh, and was very supportive of that. And um, he was very instrumental in me even getting the job because we met him for another thing that I was trying to develop with a friend. And we met with him. And then a few weeks later, he was too busy to, to do it because mm-hmm. he's a tad busy. Mm-hmm. And um, then it was my manager called and said, Ruse recommended you to write on his show. And then mm-hmm. I had known Michael through, we'd worked together a couple times. And so I interviewed with them, but it was like, so I really have RuPaul to thank for the for the gig, and I learned so much. It was so hard. The schedule at Netflix is so fast. Mm. So were there a lot of people in the writers' room? No, it was a really small room. There were only like five or six, mm. you know, in there. Um, so we, but we were really learning some a lot of for the first time. A lot of new staff writers. I was certainly new, you know. And like I said, it was like, um, you know, I mean. Tia Carrera, we from you know um, mm-hmm. from Wayne's World, and you know who's amazing, truly yes, incredible. Totally. But like her first time doing like really broad comedy and nailing that, like, and, and yeah. we had a ten year old girl who's first mm-hmm. Izzy G. So like we had, it was just a, I felt like everybody was really um, excited mm-hmm. because we were all doing something mm. new and together, and mm-hmm. it was that's very collaborative. Uh, we had Latrice Royale in the room, and that's who I get to write my episode oh, for. Fabulous. And Latrice was just, I mean, just, he is so smart I and love. such a good actor. I mean, yeah. he made my episode just fly, and he was just also like, he has so much incredible life experience mm-hmm. that he could share. So we were really like, what's it like in drag clubs now? Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, RuPaul was like admitting, like, I don't really know what that's like. Right. It's yeah. hardly like I have perspective on that now. Yeah. I, I can't walk into it, yeah. you know, and not get immediately clocked and Latrice I loved her cabaret show I, oh, I think you saw I saw it, it twice with at the Lori Beachman yes Did, oh, wait, wait, yeah. with her husband oh, okay, oh, okay. So everyone was crying I've got to see it so I'm good. dying I to see it, it. I just am um, a fan for life I have a, a question for Drew and we don't do this with most guests but this will transition into our final segment okay. but <laughs> since it's you I have to ask who are your divas yes oh my god well my go to that I always say is Diane Weist. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Miss Diane Weist. I love, love, love. I saw her several times uh, in the park last year performing um, Oh, oh, uh, Happy happy Days. Yeah. Happy Days. I saw that in LA and it was mind-blowing. Incredible. She, it was like, it was like Street of Consciousness. I'm like, oh, "Oh, someone wrote this? Beckett? Oh, his name's Beckett? Who's that? (laughs) She's amazing. Um, my other divas are definitely Kathleen Turner. Oh, um, we're trying to get her on here. Oh my God, I'm uh, Daniel's blah, blah, blah. trying. I'm trying not. To. <laughs> <laughs> um, love her. I love Kathleen. I mean, you know, I I have a lot. I love Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. I love. Um, I mean, you know, there. I mean, I could go down there uh, the list of like. Uh, I don't know. They're 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 uh, Glenn Close for sure. Uh, I love absolutely. Meryl, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like. You know, I feel like they're the the, the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Glenn Close performance? Oh, uh, Sunset Boulevard. The first time I saw her do it on, on stage. 
I'm sorry, I meant Ooh. in her home <laughs> medium on film. Oh, in film, in film. My favorite? Ben is such I, a patty. I, you know, I mean... We'll cut that. Dangerous Liaisons. Mm-hmm. Is, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Like, no, I'm joking. Um, I'm joking. Okay. We don't okay. cut anything. I was like, okay. Yeah, but, <laughs> we don't um, even cut, like, burps and, like... Okay. <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, I'm going to say Fatal Attraction. I mean, I yes. love her in Dangerous Liaisons. But Fatal Attraction is a is a, a truly masterpiece, masterpiece yeah. masterful performance. Oh, her performance yeah. in that is so incredible. And I would also argue that the wife is right up there for me too. I, it blew me away. Yeah, and I and yeah. I just I, I just was like, who else could do that? I mean, I just was. And her Instagram is a gift. It's the best thing ever. I mean, her dog and the thing. The fact that she was at the SAG Awards and she kept referring to them as the Golden Globes <laughs> over <laughs> multiple posts. I was like, okay, I guess no one's telling her. God or she just doesn't her. care. Who cares? I love that. Yeah. Um, um, but being in the, like seeing her live is also really, she's pretty, she's spectacular. I mean, she really is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan yeah. of, of her. And, you know, um, oh, and I have to say my number one is Carol Burnett. Oh, I have to, and then that's that's really like the yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. I, when people are like, well, your inspirations. Mm-hmm. So I have to say my, my you know. Have you ever is, met Carol? No, I haven't. And, we have a mutual friend and I'm, it's one of those weird things that I'm so like, when am I going to get the gumption to just be like, can I meet her? But I don't even know what I would say to her. I mm-hmm. feel like I would just start crying if I met mm-hmm. her. I feel like, mm-hmm. well, I, you want her to come to your show. Sure. Yes, you know, you it. want her, you know, it's the thing when I met John Waters, cause he's my, he's the other one for me mm-hmm. and he's so lovely. And I've, I've now I've gotten to meet him a, a, a couple of times and um, got to interview him once and he's great, but you just, you immediately are like, there's nothing I can tell you that right, you haven't heard right. yeah. and I want you to know who I am and I want totally. you to think I'm cool and I'm not really a fan of a lot of people mm-hmm. but when I get that way I'm like I am a dork yeah. and mm-hmm. they've heard it before and like it's you know and they're they're lovely but they're also they're like I don't I don't care that yeah, you love me right. you know what I mean right. it's like and I that's valid it's sort of like it's it's really my love for them is about me yes. more than them totally. right. in a certain way and so you know, with Carol Burnett, I'm like, I, I don't even know. I would be like, I'd love to go to lunch with her, but I'm like, how exhausting for her. And I also, I'm yeah. like, would I just be nervous the whole time and just giggling? And mm-hmm. I talked to John Waters on the phone and I couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, yeah. I've never been this way. <laughs> I, and even like Diane Weist, who's like my, my diva when yeah. I always say that, I got to work with Diane Weist and it was a blast. And I forgot for that day that I was, mm-hmm. and then it was, the, it was on the ride home that I was like, like shaking. Oh, and I was shit. like, oh my yeah. God, true. You just got to work, you know, but she's so wonderful. And but it's just separate. Such, I mean, it's, yeah, it just, it is, it's just right. a separate thing. Them and as work, a human being on the same plane as you yes. is not right. what your day-to-day relationship with this It has to be. Is. It mm-hmm. has to be. Because mm-hmm. Rue is that way. I, I constantly pitch myself, too, that I would, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I was with RuPaul all day-to-day. That's really cool. Right, right. Because he's such a hero of mine, and it's like, and... um you know, and Michael Patrick King. I mean, my God, yeah. he did the oh. comeback. Yeah. We were just I talking mean, about the, one comeback. Of the best shows oh my ever. God, the comeback, and I'm the like, they're my the boss. Comeback. This is really cool. Like, mm. uh, you know, I mean that. That's the kind of thing. But when you're in the middle of it, you're not thinking that way. You can't think that way. I want you to be a writer and co-star on season three of the comeback. Oh my God, oh, that is I my wish. Dream, totally. dream, dream. Well, we uh, we play a guest a guest with all of our games. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, which is uh, it's a variation on Mary Fuck Kill. It's okay. Dolly Concert Kill. So okay. we're gonna give you three performers, mm-hmm. and you'll choose one to see as Dolly Levi and Hello Dolly. Okay. And one to see in concert 
okay. uh, which can be any point in their career mm-hmm. where you would like uh-huh. that to happen, and one that gets the axe. Okay. Um, and so they get like what, what they get the axes and they're just fired or like canceled. But no, they're murdered. Murdered. Killed. Killed. In front Painful. of me. Yes. Vacation. Great. Whatever. Yeah, we, for older people, we choose. made a uh, Dolly concert chill because yeah. they didn't want Dolly to kill concert, anybody. But you yeah. fucking kill somebody. Um, I mean, I want to oh, do God. Glenn, Glenn, Diane. Oh, you made me. Carol, oh, Carol you're Burnett. gonna make me yeah. take my own. I thought yeah. you were gonna give me randoms. Oh my God. This is We've so been gathering the evidence. Glenn Close, Diane Weiss, Carol Burnett. Yes. Totally. Okay. Oh, this is good. Glenn Close, Diane Weist, Carol Burnett. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> this might be honestly so, the best. This is a really good like posse. We okay, have. so I'm gonna cast Hello Dolly first. Yes. yes. Who would I want to see as Hello Dolly? Have you seen it? I have. I've seen it three times. To- the most you see recent it with one. I- Donna, Beth, I saw it Bernadette. with Donna. Bernadette and Betty Buckley. Oh, I did not fabulous. see Betty Interesting. Fabulous. And Donna Murphy was my favorite. Oh, she was great. She was yeah. phenomenal. I also saw her very first performance um, when the audience was rabid, even though her name was above the title. They were like, where's Bette Midler? Oh. And she had so much to to work against. Yeah. That's I how was, I like Donna. Prove and, herself. Oh, <laughs> yes. And boy, did she. Because, I mean, and the queen next to me who was bitching, that there was this woman who was like, if this woman was loudly just complaining before oh, the yeah. show started, she was you know, it's really disappointing when you buy tickets months in advance and Bette Midler doesn't even have the decency to show up. And this queen turns around and was like, ma'am, I it has it. been announced for months that the Tuesday night performances are Donna Donna Murphy. You are getting ready to be in the hands of a two-time Tony winner. Yes, she's she a is. genius. Oh my god! And, do not, and you're not allowed to be mad at Bette Midler or Donna Murphy. And for if this that moment. queen is listening, we'd love to have and you. I yes, loved him. I was like, thank you. Okay, I think for, of the three, I would like to see Diane Weist as Hello oh Dolly. That's what I was hoping you would I think it would say. be so interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I think Carol Burnett would be the most obvious choice. Yeah, but I don't know that. She'd really, really want to do it. And I also feel like there's something about Dolly that I really like what Donna Murphy brought a level of realness to it. Because it's mm-hmm. such a daffy, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll say it, kind of stupid show that you're like, when I want to believe that woman's real. Right. Mm-hmm. And not that Bernadette and, and Betty Buckley weren't great, but it was like, I just felt like there was a, I was like, oh, it needs to, you need to believe this woman because she's such an insane mm-hmm. cartoon character. Mm-hmm. And so Diane Weist, as uh, that would be really I mean, interesting. Yeah. The level of and vulnerability. Then, and then I guess, uh, I in concert, mm. I, I would, I would have to say, oh god, that's so hard. I'd have to say, I'd rather see Carol Burnett in concert because I haven't, mm-hmm. and I've seen Glenn before, but. I, you're gonna make me kill Glenn Close with, and she hasn't have an Oscar. Well, but, you know, she oh my god, she can get a posthumous. <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe, maybe then she'll finally get an Oscar. I mean, or and maybe I, the only won't. reason I picked Glenn for that, <laughs> the last part is because she's she's like delighted me so much yeah. that I don't ever need to see more from Glenn Close. And also, yet, I, Carol Burnett's voice. I mean, I've always loved her. Annie was obviously like right. the movie musical oh, one of my childhood. But I mean, Daniel has introduced me to some of Carol's like, oh, like oh, her sure. albums. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Like, it's like she's doing that Karen Carpenter song for yeah. all we know, singing mm, better than Karen Carpenter. Incredible voice. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. This, she's also. such a good actor. So, I mean, Annie, that performance oh, my is God. Everything. genius. genius. Oh, and she, you know, I just think what an interesting like an evening with her from, yes. you know, just stories at a piano, mm-hmm. singing, tell us the stories. I also just, yeah, I felt like Carol Burnett was like, 
like a an aunt or a grandmother, oh, like yeah. for um, since I was so I just would be so like enwrapped. So in your in your wisdom, because I know that your soul is 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 deep and rich, I, help me get over this because I've loved Carol Burnett forever, forever, mm-hmm. forever, and I don't know why. You, you, I don't know if you guys remember this thing happened like thirteen years ago where she was pissed about something on Family Guy, and I oh, remember being like I remember vaguely all, hearing like, about that. She's not cool. She doesn't support Family Guy. She needs right. to get over it. And I like I have this. this like. Was I too loud? <laughs> oh, no, that's a fine. Oh, yeah, no, we gotta let him go. It's six twenty nine, so the wisdom oh, yeah, yeah, has yeah, to yeah. be short. I know you um, names, but I don't remember what that was. I also I do think. But is she a bitch and should I hate her? No, that's no, the no. Question. I've heard nothing like that. I've no. heard only, only lovely stories yeah. from people who really do know her right. and have worked with her and just say that she's just truly wonderful. Sure. I do think that you know, um, she's probably at a certain point. You you know, you're you're that that sensitive clown, you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. that thing, you're crying along that. She seems very real, authentic. Oh, I don't remember what the joke was. I want to say it was something about cleaning up in a porn theater. Why am I thinking yes, that? Yes, like was it that was, it? they brought in the Carol Burnett show sort of Oh, that's exactly what it was. Exactly, of course. Oh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right, because a porn theater. The porn theater. <laughs> <laughs> the right. I know. I think she also just feels like, I don't know, she just might not find that. Sophisticated. I don't no. know. Well, she and also talks. I mean, I don't. She's know. not I don't, dirty at all. I mean, there's all, a generational thing. Yes. That was how I tried to yeah. rationalize. But it, she also but. talks a lot about the state of TV and how, uh-huh. like, you know, nowadays there's not the freedom to kind of take risks like there was back in the day. Right. Like she was given. And then, right. Anyway, I read an article or something about that. That was although really I mean, like, on. I don't know. It seems like there is a lot of. I mean, I feel like TV is so great and so there is a lot more opportunities now. now. But she really was a pioneer. Yeah. But she also, like, knows, like, I mean, it's funny when I have some interview and she's like, I love Kate McKinnon and A.D. Bryant. And I'm like, I love that you know who yeah, yeah, people yeah. are now. Yeah. Like, it would be so easy for her to be like, I'm Carol Burnett and I do not care. Right, yeah, right. You know, but yeah. I, you know, um, that's what I say to people when I <laughs> order my coffee. Well, I'm sure. I walk in and I say, I'm Carol Burnett and <laughs> I, I do not care. care. I'm sure that Double when, Americano. You, when you're a 90-year-old legend, I'm sure you will know the names of the little twinks on so. SNL. I hope so. I hope I live long enough to uh, to enjoy all of it. it. All of that. So, what are the dates uh, for? Happy we start previews on Thursday, so we, uh, February sixth through March first okay. at Soho Playhouse. Mm-hmm. All the info is on happybirthdaydug.com. Great. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so please come join us. Uh, yes. You know, for the month of February, come say hi. We, we well, will be there Saturday. Saturday. We'll have seen it, so we'll mm-hmm. be we'll be talking it up in our introduction. Yes, we'll do a whole and, intro. Uh, we love everything you do. You're the Thank most you. Love you this was so Thank much fun. You. I love doing this. We'll have to have you back. Yay. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> Come back next week for our chat with two-time Tony-nominated Broadway star Allison Frazier, coming in to talk about a list of so many albums, been through it out, and talked about her album New York Romance instead. Well, that's my broken record. Other upcoming guests include Nathan Lee Graham, Gideon Glick, and dun, 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 Betty Buckley. This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an A.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 